Hey everybody, my name's Dave Jackson, and this is Tales from the Backlog, a video games podcast where each week I'm joined by a guest to talk about a game that we played. My guest today is returning for the second time on the show, a good friend and Maverick Hunter extraordinaire, Chris Nelson. Hey dude, welcome back. Hey, thanks. Great to be back. And Chris and I are going to be talking about Mega Man X today, which is an action platformer developed and published by Capcom in 1993 for the Super Nintendo. Uh, Mega Man X, this is a, this is going to be an interesting one. Um, I know we're coming at this from very different uh, points of view, so we'll get into our personal histories here in a second. But uh, Chris, thanks for coming back on the show. For people listening, Chris was a guest on the Blasphemous episode, which was a really good time. Recommend you go listen to that episode. But yeah, thanks for coming back, dude. Yeah, it's been uh, been a little bit, but uh, glad to be back. I figured if I was going to come back, um, maybe this time we could actually have uh, something that we disagree on. Yeah, <laughs> we may have a few disagreements here. Uh, so the spoiler policy for this episode before we get into it is... So, I do not take any story from this game. I know there is story, but I do not take anything from it. So, I'm not going to like bring up a bunch of story about it. But the spoiler section will be used to talk about the particular levels and uh, experiences in the levels, experiences with the bosses, and stuff like that, I think. And talking about the route that I took through the game and uh, like, of course your experiences with that thing, that stuff too. I think that this is going to be one of those episodes where even if you haven't played the game, if you listen through the spoiler section, you're not going to like ruin the experience of playing this game at all. That's kind of how I feel about this. Yeah. A pretty similar thought on that. I mean, I don't, I mean, I know there's some small, sections of storytelling in it but i think a lot of the stuff was developed like in the like the third and fourth game in the okay, series gotcha so yeah it's like they they retro storied there's definitely okay. something here but not much right on all right so uh let's just get into our kind of personal histories with Mega Man x then at the beginning so guest always goes first uh, Chris, when was the first time you played Mega Man X? And do you remember like what made you want to play it, et cetera, et cetera, and through the years? Uh, yeah, um, it's definitely, for me, a nostalgia game. I played it uh, over the summer. I don't recall exactly when. It would have been maybe like either 93 or 94, so it was around when the game came out, because I would have been living in Nevada with my... Uh, my cousin was there for the summer, and that's pretty much all we did was play through Mega Man X and go outside whenever our parents told us we had to. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was it was like uh, definitely that kind of nostalgia hit for me every time that I went back to it. I think I played, there was some kind of collection on the PS3 maybe, I think there's one on the PS4. I replayed it this time to a certain point. I think I only went through like the Mavericks this time on the Switch because there's a collection for the Switch. Mm -hmm. But I mean, originally I played it on the SNES, so right, that was like the big nostalgia hit. And how many times, like through the years, would you say that you've played it? Oh, uh, it's got to be 
over a dozen, I think. Okay. <laughs> to certain extents. Like, yeah. a lot of the times I'll play through the Mavericks and then be done. Yeah, it's it's definitely, like, a, a super replayable game. Like, once you know how to do stuff, you can beat this game, I feel like, in, like, an hour and a half, you know? So you can just kind of fly through it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's definitely, like, a muscle memory thing for me at this point. Mm-hmm. Specifically, like I like said, the Mavericks, which I think is probably a little bit tied with when I was a kid, because I don't think as a kid I ever beat the game. Okay. Definitely beat it later on in life, though. Well, we'll talk, I'm sure we'll talk about those last couple levels uh, as we go through this today um, and the reason yeah. why uh, maybe you didn't beat it as a kid. So <laughs> for me, yeah. I didn't play this game until. Last year, 2021, was the first time I played this game. I played Mega Man Battle Network as a kid, but that's the only experience with any Mega Man, you know, property that I've ever played. I just always knew that Mega Man X was, like, super highly regarded, but I didn't have a Super Nintendo as a kid, and I never bought any of the collections that got uh, released, but I just knew, like, so many people love this game, this game gave inspiration to a lot of games that I really like, stuff like Bleed and uh, Bleed 2. Those are kind of Mega Man-ish. Shovel Knight has a little bit of Mega Man in it. I feel like uh, Shovel Knight is kind of doing its take on a lot of different games from this era, uh, or maybe the older Mega Man games since Shovel Knight's doing the NES thing. But I just, you know, this was a big hole in the gaming experiences that I'd had and I wanted to give it a shot. Uh, I gave, I played this on Switch and I started it up last year. I could not beat the, I couldn't beat a level. I beat the tutorial and then, you know, it opens up and you get a choice to go to. And I went to like three different levels. I couldn't beat any of them. And then I uh, said, fuck this, this game sucks and turned it off. But <laughs> then I decided to pick it up again this year and uh, give it another try. And I did actually beat it this time. Um, so it took me, we said, like, if you know what's going on, it could take you an hour and a half or less, two hours, something like that. Uh, it took me about five hours to beat this time, uh, which is still a very slight, not slight, a very svelte game. Uh, this is not a long game. So moving into some opening thoughts about the game itself, uh, Chris, again, I'll let you go first. Um, opening thoughts about Mega Man X as a game. I think for its time, it did a lot of improvements on the Mega Man formula. You kind of talk about this one feeling a little slow, but I feel like the original Mega Man just felt like almost everything was a crawl. And so like... Adding stuff like the dash and just kind of in general, the game felt like it flowed better. And I, like I said, I, I hadn't played a lot of the NES Mega Man's before I played Mega Man X. I'm not a hundred percent positive what really got me in, like what struck a chord with me. But it's uh, like I said, it, it's kind of the granddaddy of. Some of those, like I said, those platformer types you talked about, like Shovel Knight. I mean, even the game we played previously, Blasphemous, some of the stuff from there felt very 
Mega Man, uh, specifically, like, I recall there was the one boss in Blasphemous that f- had a very Mega Man feel, and it's just, uh, I don't know, it, it feels like, I mean, I guess it's kind of like what you said, you heard it held in such high regard that it's something that, even after a first playthrough that you felt, you like, I really have no interest in coming back to this game. Like, almost, I don't want to say the word obligation, because that, like, kind of puts this, like, well, if you're not a you're not a real gamer unless you've done these games and that game. But I feel like this is definitely one of those ones where people mention it and there's a lot of, like, instant floodback of memories and, like, people can connect on it. Uh, I mean, hell, even inside the, the Tales Discord, it seemed like as soon as you brought it up, it was five, six people talking about their experience with it. Yeah, this definitely, I was honestly like, this is me kind of projecting my own experience, but I I had no idea that so many people played this game. Like, (laughs) this was one of those ones where I was like, oh, you know, Mega Man. Yeah, some people play those. And I know there's a couple people in the Discord that I already knew really liked this game. But then when I started bringing it up, like you said, so many people were like, oh, yeah, Mega Man, like, here's everything I know about this game. And I've also played it 35 times. And I was like, what the fuck's going on here? Like, am I the only one who hasn't played this game? (laughs) Um, But okay. so opening thoughts. All right. I set out to play this to understand why so many people like it. And I get it. I get it now. Like, I understand why people like it as far as Super Nintendo action platformers go i think this is one of the better ones i've played i don't like this game overall i like i i kind of respect it as a game and the design decisions that they made are interesting and give me a lot to think about but i did not like playing this game i found it very frustrating as people in the discord knew because i felt like i was popping in to complain every you know (laughs) at least once a day, popping in with my status update. (laughs) This feels like a lot of outdated game design, difficulty, decisions, mechanics, ways to make a game difficult that are like the reason that I don't like playing retro games because a lot of games resort to things that I feel like are cheap. And I'll get into those uh, in the episode. And then like, When the game was at its highest level for me, I was just thinking about games that I've played that did whatever's going on here better. So like you mentioned that boss fight in Blasphemous. And I I remember you said that that reminded you of Mega Man. I said Castlevania in the episode. And I get it now. It is like it is it does feel a lot more Mega Man. But I if they took that boss fight and put it in Mega Man X, it would be by far my favorite boss in the game. So it's like that, just that kind of thing where it's like, I don't know if I can say like, it's a bad thing about Mega Man X because it came out, you know, 20, how many, what's math like 25 years before Blasphemous. But like it, it it's when I'm, when I'm here in 2022 playing both games, one of them is so clearly more fun for me that like I just didn't have a ton of fun with Mega Man X, but we'll get into it, man. We'll get into yeah. it. I do love the music. I love the way this game looks and I love the exploration and the rewards. So there's a lot of stuff in this game that I like. I just didn't like playing it. So 
we'll uh we'll get into it. Story setup for Mega Man X. Okay, I'll give you the story setup, and then this is going to be the last time I mention story in the entire episode, I think. So, this game takes place a century after the original Mega Man series. Uh, Mega Man X is set in a futuristic world. I thought all Mega Man games were in a futuristic world because he is a uh, robot, you know. The world is populated by both humans and things called reploids, uh, which are robots capable of thinking, feeling, uh, and growing. And, um, well, because of this, uh, you know how this story goes. Uh, The reploids are also prone to destructive and renegade activity. And some of them go ahead and follow those urges. And those are referred to as the Mavericks. And those are going to be your eight bosses uh, in this game. The protagonist of the game is called X, not Mega Man. Uh, I'll be referring to him as Mega Man because I just can't train my brain out of it. That little blue robot man is Mega Man to me. Uh, But his name is X. He is an android member of a military task force called the Maverick Hunters uh, with the help of his partner Zero, which I assume is the namesake of Mega Man Zero games. Am I right there, Chris? Correct. That's the it's the same Zero. Okay, so later on you're playing as Zero. In this game, you're playing as X, and you need to uh, defeat Sigma, who is a powerful Maverick leader uh, wishing to bring about human extinction. You know, that old chestnut. So what I what happened was I started this game up, and I saw the opening cinematic that kind of gives you the story back, the backstory, and then I played the tutorial, and I went to go to the first level and I couldn't do it. I put this game down for like six months. So then when I booted it back up to play it for this episode, I forgot all about the story. Like I forgot there was a story. So all of this story setup I just gave you is just Wikipedia summarizing. Uh, To me, Mega Man has no story. And if there is a story, it just goes in one ear and out the other. This is all about action platformy blasty blasty to me uh do you get into this story stuff in the mega man games yes and no um i definitely wouldn't say like i'm a like a lore master (laughs) mega man is like a lesser degree of soldier than zero is yeah and zero is like who you're aspiring to be yeah and so the whole story is kind of just get strong enough to be as good as zero. Yeah. So you can be, you can be vile, the purple dude at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then Sigma, I mean, honestly, they don't ever really mention Sigma until like you beat the eight Mavericks, I think. And zero mm-hmm. says, Hey, I found Sigma or Sigma's uh layer and I'm going to scout it out. You go this other way. Mm-hmm. So, the story is very minimal, and I think a lot of it was, I don't know if Inafune and those guys knew it going in, or if it was something that they just kind of 
as the games were popular, they were like, well, we can start telling more story. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like some of these like popular, I'm not saying that this is definitely what happened in Mega Man, but there are some like older retro game series where it really feels like they started out with no story and they're just like, let's just make a game. And then they got really popular and they're like, well, we're on the fourth sequel now. We should probably start adding some story in here. Um, yeah. Kind of the feeling I got. Like you said it, there is no story while you're playing the meat of this game. There is nothing. No one talks to you. Nothing. Uh, you go into a level, you go through the level, you fight the boss. The boss doesn't say shit to you. You beat the boss. Nothing happens. Every now and then, the only character you'll really talk to is, like, if you get an upgrade, I guess the the dude who made X, Mega Man, yeah. he'll say something, but it's mostly about the upgrade you're picking up. Totally possible to play through uh, and get no story at all. And then when you get to Sigma at the end with the final boss, it's just some mustache twirling, you know, evil yeah. villain stuff. A little bit. It's, yeah. So that's really all I got. <laughs> kind of a, yeah uh, x you're so dumb for not believing the way that i do and we're better than the humans so mm -hmm. uh that's why i have to kill you and to be like let me make this clear i'm not mad that there's no story here like i it's perfectly fine with me that a game like this doesn't have story up front and happening all the time and if it turned out that there actually was no story at all it probably wouldn't affect how I feel about this game uh, at all. I'll just have you, uh, at some point, Google the uh, Mega Man X4-0, what am I fighting for? And then you can uh, determine how well they did with the story. Okay. And the writing. I was just so shocked when I went to get, like, basic story set up on Wikipedia and... Like, let, let's say the Wikipedia entry for story for this game is like six times the amount of text that's in this entire game. Yeah. Uh, so I, I was super surprised to see that. But anyway, Mega Man X is, I feel like its main claim to fame or the thing that I found most interesting when I booted this up is that you can play this game in any order you want. When you begin, you get through the tutorial, you have eight levels to choose from. And each level is kind of like the habitat of a, a maverick boss. And then at the end, you fight the boss. You can do these in any order, though. So, like, you beat the tutorial and then just gives you the level select screen. Is this, Chris, is this how all Mega Man games are? Again, this is the only one I've played. Yeah, for the most part. Um, if you're talking, like, the Mega Man series and the Mega Man X series, I think the Zero series does a little bit of different uh, ideas. And then there's a uh, 3D game called Mega Man Legends, which doesn't play anything at all like the uh, original Mega Mans. But like all of your Mega Mans 1 through, I think, 11 at this point, and Mega Man X 1 through 8 pretty much play with that, you know, 8 Mavericks. I think there's a tutorial at the beginning every time. Mm -hmm. And... Then a couple, you know, some boss levels and a and a boss, pretty much. Gotcha. So as somebody who has played this game, you know, a dozen times at least, right? Yeah. Like, 
I imagine that if you're coming back to this game and you know everything about it, that being able to pick and choose what levels you do is really cool, right? Like it kind of gives you some agency over like what upgrades you want to get first. Because when you beat a boss, you get an upgrade, a special weapon and something like that. And that unlocks uh, other stuff that you can find in the levels like secrets, treasure, uh, and then that upgrade will help you against another boss later. So I assume that when you go back to this game and replay it, this non-linearity is really nice because you can just choose what order you want to do stuff in, right? Yeah, and then like um you uh like you talk about people like doing like buster only runs so they don't use the weaknesses mm-hmm. um on bosses. Then you got stuff like uh if you've I don't know if you being the you pretty much played through this once, but beating other stages affects other boss stages and i I might have mentioned it to you on the discord but like you beat one the storm eagle and it directly affects spark mandrels stage right if you beat chill penguin it directly affects flame mammoth stage like Mm -hmm. and in ways that like make sometimes make the level easier so it's it's kind of you can kind of mess around with that like there's a i think there's a pretty well-established like order at least based on like weaknesses, but I know mm-hmm. like for the most part, like everyone agrees, no matter what you do, you got to go get the dash boots first. Yeah. So that kind of leads into like my experience with this, which is that I didn't enjoy this. I respect it as a game decision. And if this is the way that all Mega Man games are, then that's the way it is. Right. But like for me personally, um, I didn't like this because like you said the first stop feels mandatory to get the dash in chill penguins level right and then like i would just kind of be picking levels at random i would get to the boss uh the boss would destroy me um because the bosses are generally difficult i think at least in the first like several levels before you get like an armor upgrade you get killed in like 3 hits and um, we'll talk about the bosses in a little bit, but I found them to be really hard. And so every time I would pop in and ask for advice, the advice was always go to this specific level, get this specific upgrade, beat this specific boss to get, you know, someone's weakness. So you can go back to that level you're having trouble with and have, you know, have an easier time with it. And so that kind of defeated the purpose of picking what levels I want to do because I would bash my head up against it. This level's too hard. This level's too hard. This level's too hard. Oh, this is the level I was supposed to go to. Well, I just spent, you know, 45 minutes to an hour not having any fun against like these bosses that were super hard only to find out there's one specific uh, key almost in some seemingly random level because part of what makes this difficult for me is that the weaknesses don't make sense. And so it's like chill penguin has an ice element to him, right? He's weak to fire. That makes sense, but I got to go fight chill penguin first or go to his level first, at least to get the dash. And then you go to, let's say the mammoth. Okay. Uh, The mammoth is not weak to ice, which is the way that almost every video game works or water, you know, yeah. the, the mammoth is weak to wind. 
which I don't know if anyone's familiar with how wildfires work, but wind is not what puts out fires. Um, so <laughs> I was very, just very frustrated by these weaknesses and it wasn't something that I could guess. And there's a lot of, a lot of bosses where it's like, okay, you have, a uh, the oct the launch octopus and he's underwater. Okay. So water type enemies are weak to electricity. That is how every video game works, but not in this game. So if you pick up the electric upgrade and you think that's going to help me against that boss, it's not. And so this nonlinearity just turned into, it felt random what stage I was supposed to go to in what order. And again, every time I went into the discord to ask for advice, people were like, oh yeah, uh, what you have to do is go to this level um, because for some reason, iguanas are weak to boomerangs. And I was like, oh, yes, of course. <laughs> so, uh, or chameleons are weak to boomerangs. Yeah. yeah. You've never hit a chameleon with a boomerang? No, I'm, I mean, my boomerang skills are not, not, uh, not the best. I will freely admit that. But yeah, th this is just like my experience with this nonlinear structure. It felt like there was a very optimal path, and that path was not obvious at all. And I, the key thing here, which may be different from someone else, is that I did not have fun experimenting with this. I found it very frustrating because these bosses are difficult. Yeah. And um, like I had mentioned, this was a game I played over the course of like a summer uh, as like a, I don't know, like seven, eight year old kid or something. Right. Maybe even younger. And um, so it's like all I did. Mm -hmm. And so we would just play and play and play and play. And eventually, I think we even, like I said, we had the instruction manual and there's notes, there's a section for taking notes in the back. And we wrote down like, you know, we found out that this guy's weak to that because they do. The one thing that I will give them is they very clearly give you an indication, not just like how much health they lose, but the, there's a specific like animation for the sprite when you hit them with their weakness. Yep. They have like a, a kind of shocked and you're like, oh, I found it. Like this totally. is the one that they're weak to. Yep. So they give you a clear indication for that. There's not much in the way of any kind of other indication throughout the level. Um, oh, and I will mention, you mentioned the dash. Uh, in every other X game afterwards, dash is something you have at the very beginning of the game. Yeah, it feels like it feels weird that it's an integral part of your like tool set as a character to move around, but they put it in a seemingly random level. Because when you look at the level select screen, this is very nitpicky maybe, but Chill Penguin is off to the side. It's not, you know, top left where you might expect level one to be, the level they want you to go to first. So when I booted this up before I started asking you guys in the discord, like where, what, where should I go first? I thought, okay, level one, top left. Okay. That I didn't make any progress in that level. Let me go to the top, right. Uh, didn't make any progress in that level. And by that point I was already like, okay, what the fuck? Like, come on. And then I found out, you know, chill penguins level. Yeah. And the only thing I'll give, Maybe, and it's not, I'm not saying it's good game design, but the dash upgrade is on the linear path compared to oh, yeah. any of the other upgrades. 
super obvious. So it's clear they want you to have it. Like they yeah. they really want you to get that upgrade. Yeah. So I don't I that should that wouldn't I don't think even as a kid and I don't think I could ever argue that that to me says, well this is the stage I should do first because they gave me a free upgrade because you wouldn't unless you were playing all the other levels, you would think, well maybe this is in every other level. I just get a free upgrade for getting halfway through the level. Mm-hmm. So I'm not definitely not saying it's super great game design in that aspect, but I think there's definitely some, what's the term? Basically you're keeping somebody playing through making the game, like I said, the, the non-linearity of it the and the difficulty, you know, I think the speed run for this game is like, it's it's under an hour. I think it can be speed yeah. run or sped run. So it's like, how, yeah. So how can you keep, people play in your game for five months if it was like easy, I guess. So yeah, there's some maybe intentional obfuscation if I want to use a big <laughs> 12th grade, 12th grade word. Yeah, it definitely felt, it, it just felt like guesswork. And yeah, had I been a little kid in the summer of 1994 or whatever, it would have just been you know, try this level. Okay. Didn't work. Try the next level. Okay. Didn't work. Try the next level. Okay. Didn't work. Try the next level. Oh, I beat the boss and I got an upgrade. Okay. Let's go to the first level again. Nope. Didn't work. Next level. Nope. Didn't work. And just keep going through that until you finish the game. Because like the key thing, again, those weaknesses don't make intuitive sense. And the game is too difficult, was too difficult for me to just kind of brute force my way through the boss fights or like buster only my way through the boss fights. Uh, this is a really hard game, I think. And I had a hard time finding someone for all the people who've played this. I found a hard time finding somebody who didn't play this when they were, you know, a kid, someone else who played it for the first time after the age of 25 is surprisingly hard to find. So like everyone was just like, yeah, I wish I could uh I wish I could empathize, but I've literally been playing this game my whole life. Uh, which is like I have the same thing when people start up Dark Souls for the first time. I kind of forget what it was like the first time too. So I I get that. It's not yeah. their fault. Kind of uh, a, like yeah. you weren't issued your copy of Mega Man X, Dave? What? No. Must have got lost in the mail. I got a Yeah. I got a copy of <laughs> I was playing the Power Rangers movie game on Game Gear <laughs> instead. So yeah, that's that nonlinear structure. It's interesting. And if, big if, but if I were to go back and play this game again, I think I would appreciate this more. Uh, And the other thing that this opens up, uh, which I actually do like, is once you get upgrades, certain upgrades will help you go back and hunt for treasure and like destroy things in the environment and stuff like that. And so you can go back through the stages almost like you do in a Metroidvania with your new powers to try to get treasure and upgrades and power-ups. And all of those things are really good in this game. So I do think that that's cool. I just had a hard time the first time through the levels uh, before I got my upgrades. Yeah, and um, there's some good examples of like them kind of giving you some guidance there. Um specifically uh in uh storm eagles there's like these tanks and there's 
uh, like a no, like a flammable sign on there. You're like, well, if I hit those with fire, mm-hmm. something's going to happen, right? And then there's less good ones. Um, <laughs> there were some uh, that I were c- very frustrating, uh, trying to mm-hmm. get upgrades. Some that required pixel-perfect platforming. And when I say yeah. pixel-perfect, I mean pixel-perfect platforming. Uh, but that was only yeah. one, and... I spent 10 minutes trying to do it and then it was done. But other than that, they were pretty, like you said, giant tanks that say the word flammable on them. You're like, okay, let me just try this once, you know? And then once you do, you realize you can, you can blow up those tanks and you're the rest of the game. Whenever you see one of those tanks, you're like, okay, cool. There's certain things that like, you know, like glass windows in that airport level, you can mm-hmm. blow those out and stuff like that. Those, they all felt pretty good. Yeah. There's um very few upgrades that are, well, like I said, you mentioned the one that's purely like you, you've got a, you've got a extremely difficult platforming section to get to it. Some are kind of hidden away in areas that don't exactly make sense. But I feel like that's even a pitfall with games nowadays. Like, hey, you got to fall down this hole to get to this upgrade. Well, why would I ever fall down a hole? Yeah, yeah. You've, taught me, you've taught me to never fall down holes in this game throughout <laughs> the rest of it. Yeah. So. Well, like, I, I will say that in this game... I don't feel like I missed very many upgrades and I didn't look in guides to find upgrades. It was always like, you know, you can see an area uh, with a ledge or something like that and you just have to figure out how to get to that area. Or you'll you'll go into a, a part of the level and you're stuck on the left side. There's a barrier blocking you from the right side, but you can see an item on the right side. So you know you have to find a way over there. I think this game yeah. does a really good job of, like, you. I don't feel like you ever have to just jump in a pit and hope that it's not randomly a a death pit. I don't feel like you ever have to do that in this game. They they do a good job of like planting the seed of like, okay, you 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 see this item, you can't get to it, but try to work your way around. You'll probably be able to. I, I think they do a good job with that. There's only one that comes to mind for me that's a little bit that way. But, um, like, I mean, I think I found them all as a, like I said, as a kid. And in 1994 or 5, there wasn't the internet that we knew it as today. So I wasn't really going on any kind of guides. And I yeah. don't think I had a subscription to Nintendo Power, so... Uh, so if you don't have that, then you're you're on your own. Truly on your own. Yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> I found him when I was like eight, so I yeah. think you you definitely got a point there. Yeah, there there are some games where it's like, like Metroid, for example. It's like mm-hmm. you want this upgrade, uh, you have to bomb this specific part of the floor that looks like every other part of every other floor. And yeah. Mega Man X is definitely not like that. They they want to show you the upgrades, or like you again, you'll see a ledge, and you're like, okay, I maybe have to do a, a pretty like skilled dash jump to get over there, but it's you can. It's not that hard. You you can yeah. get there. So yeah, yeah. It's definitely no like Simon's Quest. Like 
kneel in front of this freaking headstone and a tornado will pick you up if you have the right items and oh like, no not even how close. would you ever know that right <laughs> So the gameplay in Mega Man X uh, is, we've kind of been, you know, hinting around it, but there's, it's pretty simple. Um, You run and gun as Mega Man. You can only shoot in a straight line, which I think sucks, but that's the way Mega Man is. It's, it's, maybe it's not a problem with Mega Man. It's just, I don't like being able to shoot only in a straight line uh, after playing, you know, Metroids as my main you know, run and gun type game here. You can wall jump and you get a dash as an upgrade. And that's about it. Those are, that's what you can do. And the game teaches you all of this through a very good uh, tutorial level. It's one of those like tutorial levels that gets praised for teaching you how the game works without ever putting up a message on the screen that says, press A to wall jump or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Good tutorial level. Uh, you can charge your blaster attack, and then after you beat bosses, you get special, like, alternate fire uh, blasters. Busters. It's called a buster in Mega Man. Yeah. And those uh, those upgrades give you all kinds of different types of attacks. One of them will shoot a giant tornado out in front of you. One of them is a flamethrower. One of them shoots, you know, ice bombs. Uh, all kinds of different stuff and you can kind of mix and match those both with the boss you're fighting and also with like enemy arrangements and stuff so if you're in a room and you have for example if you have like five enemies in front of you if you shoot out that big tornado you'll quickly learn that that will basically clear a straight line in front of you and it's really really good there's some that you know shoot out a laser and then it splits into three lasers going off at different angles. And so if you have things in the air and on the ground, that's a good one to use. And you can use these throughout the levels. They use special ammo. And um, so it's kind of rare, but enemies will drop that ammo uh, from time to time. The one thing I wish is that you got this replenished when you die uh, because you don't. So if you use all of your special ammo against a boss uh, and then you die you start at a checkpoint right before the boss room but you don't have any more of that uh, special ammo for that weapon and if that was the weapon that the boss is weak to then you're kind of fucked and I just just a small tweak I wish they made is just like refill that when you die I don't think it would hurt the game at all instead it caused me some frustration especially uh, in the last level. Yeah, definitely. And um, I remember mm, playing as a kid, having that exact scenario. You're like, well, we we found the weapon, but we died in the process. Uh, let's run back and try to pick up some items if we can. Because there are a few bosses that... Uh, well, for the most part, 
you're you're kind of stuck. Like you have to die, die. Because if you die and just lose a life, you're basically in the level or in this the area right before the boss. Right. So there is no really going back to grind. So you basically had to die and start like from the beginning again. Yeah. So yeah, I remember grinding out like sub tanks and stuff like that quite a bit. And you have an item that will like take you out of a stage too. Like mm-hmm. in your pause menu, there's an item that will take you back to the level select screen, but then you have to go through the level again and do some grinding to refill your ammo uh, in order to go like into that boss fight prepared. And I just don't, I don't like that. I don't like that grinding is a thing in this game at all. An action platformer doesn't feel like a game where you should be grinding, uh, but you do, you do find yourself in that situation pretty often, not often, but you will in this game where you're like, oh, my backup tanks are all empty and my special ammo is pretty low. I got to find a place where enemies consistently respawn uh, so that I can grind. And I found yeah. myself grinding in two or three spots throughout the game, and I hated every second of it. Yeah, and uh, I think, I mean, I think they realized their flaw in the final level. Like, because that, yeah. like, last <laughs> stage, they basically give you, all right, here's the area to refill all your stuff. Yep. You're just going to have to sit here for five minutes and do this. Yep. Like, And, and it kind of sucks because it feels like you you kill your momentum. You're like, I was two shots away. Well, I got to fill up my sub tanks. So I'm just going to dash jump or uh, wall jump for the next five minutes. And yep. you're like, you kind of lose that, that momentum a little bit. Yeah. So the fact that grinding is here means that this is a good thing, a good, uh, let me rephrase that. This is, a situation where enemies that infinitely respawn is good because it helps you grind. If enemies died forever, like they do in other games, then grinding would be a million times harder in this game. Uh, I still don't like that enemies infinitely respawn though. And this is part of my problem with the platforming. And this is not unique to Mega Man, but lots of older games have this thing where enemies will respawn the second they're off screen. Like, as soon as the last pixel is off screen, that enemy's back. And when you go back, that enemy's back, and it'll hit you again, and you will forget that it's there because that's not how games work uh, anymore. So (laughs) I had a lot of problems with the platforming in this game, partly because of the way X feels to control. He's a little tanky, but I can get used to that. I did get used to that as I went. The main thing is, like, There's a lot of platforming over death pits. There's a lot of instant death spikes in this game. And there's just a lot of times when, like, I would kill an enemy. The platform that that enemy was on would go off screen. And when it would come back, the enemy was back. Or I would kill an enemy and then I would fall down to a lower part of the screen. And then I would try to jump back up. That enemy's back. I got to do it again. Uh, This is especially bad in the sections where you're wall jumping up like tower sections. And every time you get hit, this game has knockback when you get hit. So you fall back down, go back up. All those enemies are back. Try again, except you have less resources this time. I found this uh, pretty demoralizing, to be honest. Definitely. And like, um, 
one of my least favorite stages of all of them is the the boomer coanger <laughs> coanger um because it is such a vertical stage so are you you're you're getting that kind of thing constantly and there's a couple of other instances i think there's one that i think you mentioned at one point in discord which i think is kind of famous for being a one of the pain last in the levels ass. yeah yeah and just because they're they're getting real slap happy with the copy paste enemy and you're just like I said, you're constantly getting like that knockback down, you know, onto the last platform you could get to, and then the enemies are back. And you're talking like you said, your your resources, not just your health, but like there's certain weapons that um their charge effect can kind of help you get through it. Um the shield and the chameleon kind of makes you like invulnerable for a mm-hmm. short amount of time and that helps with that but like you said every time that you know that that runs out or there's certain uh, times that enemies that are set up to like destroy that shield right in the perfect spot for where you're going to get knocked back and then you gotta recharge it and do it again and it's uh it's definitely like I said I think some padding a little bit maybe like we're gonna you're going to be stuck in this area for a little bit because we need you to play our game for longer. Maybe. And with the enemies that respawn when they're off screen, I can get used to that because I can learn that that enemy's there. Like I don't like it, but I can learn it. The thing that sucks even more than that is there are several parts where there are enemies just flying in from off screen and they just infinitely yeah. fly in like the Medusa heads in Castlevania. And they, they're a lot faster than the Medusa heads in Castlevania. And so you're doing platforming on some, you know, uh, platforms over bottomless pits and you make a jump an enemy flies in from off screen that you had no idea would fly in. It knocks you into the bottomless pit, you die. And that's how the game teaches you there. And there's just, several platforming sections where the way that the game is teaching you like what's up what's coming is you just die and the first time going through it there's no way to not die i feel like uh, in a lot of these things there's a minecart section where the end is just a bottomless pit that you have to jump off of but if you wait to jump until the second you realize that there's a bottomless pit it's too late and you die. So then you have to do that whole section again. And I, I just don't like this uh, couple. And it's, it's exacerbated mostly by the fact that this game has lives and game overs, uh, which in a, pa- uh, a password system, if you're playing the older versions, uh, the switch version has like a password save feature, save and load, but losing your progress through a level having to go through a level again because you got a game over because the game just is trying to teach you something by killing you really frustrating. Yeah. And that's basically, I was talking about that note section in the manual. That's what the rest of our notes were filled with was all those dozens and hundreds and (laughs) passwords, just numbers slayed out in a grid that I imagine if our parents ever saw it, it would think we were like some kind of like sleeper CIA agent or something like, <laughs> what do these numbers mean? What are these kids doing? I got to tune into the afternoon news to find out what horrible thing the kids are into these days. Exactly. 
But yeah, uh, you're. I mean, yeah, it, I think it is a little bit a, uh, a symptom of the time. The death as a teaching mechanic and the live system, and there's definitely, like I said, these platforming sections that are difficult because of leaps of faith and enemy spawns and stuff like that. And the one, uh, I, I don't know if you noticed it, the, the enemy that I think is probably like, if I hated an enemy in this game, it was the little propeller bot with like a face. Mm-hmm. And he would, yep. those are kind of the ones that come and knock you down. Well, when he hits you, he like does a little chuckle and it's, it's really an <laughs> insult to injury Asshole. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. He's a real, he's a real <laughs> dick. Yeah. So, the platforming was the part of the game that I enjoyed the least. And when I call this game cheap, um, or when I say that parts of the game are cheap, it's mostly the platforming. Uh, I think it's, I think it's like below average platforming as platforming goes. And then you add in just some very cheap tactics, uh, enemies trying to knock you off of your platforms and stuff like that. And then, if they knock you off and you fall down to a lower level, all those enemies respawn, et cetera, et cetera. It kind of compounds on itself and made it not enjoyable for me yeah. in the least. The only thing I can, I, I guess, and I'm not one of these people argue that is that there's zeros and ones behind it. So, yeah. and, and real basic ones. So like these speed runners who know the exact, you know, placement of where they need to be and they they get hit for they only get hit for the reason of getting the iframe to be able to you know get past this whole other section you know mm-hmm. and so it's like it's definitely it is real basic um like they're the ai i guess if you want to call it that is real basic so it's learnable but it's definitely I mean, the words I think probably out there, it feels cheap playing through and like getting and nailing all these jumps. And then, like you said, you're, you're, you, you're waiting on this platform and it goes up and down and then that enemy's there and he knocks you back and you fall and you're like, I did nothing. I did nothing wrong. I didn't do anything that to deserve that. <laughs> like yeah. nothing in the way that I played. There's a lot of platforming sections where you can't jump high enough to like jump onto the platform. You can jump high enough to do a wall jump and then get on top of the platform. And then in the middle of doing that, above a bottomless pit, an enemy flies in from off screen and just knocks you down into the pit. I think that's cheap. I think that's shitty. It doesn't happen all the time. It's not in every level, but it does happen often enough that I was like, Okay, I was very salty uh, coming into the Discord to chat about it several times. Um, <laughs> this motherfucking helicopter robot. Yeah, those helicopter robots. Or those uh, those claw machine robots in one of the levels that they come down and grab you and then just drop you into the bottomless pit when they're kind of hard to avoid. Mega Man can only shoot in one direction, so they're hard to kill because they're not in your range um, or you don't want to jump up in the air because you're on a moving platform at the time. Just a lot of stuff compounded. And a lot of it does feel like design of the times. But I've said before on the show, uh, that is a shitty defense for a lot of stuff uh, because I'm not in 1993. I'm in two, I'm in 2022. 
I am a person alive now and I've played video games that figured this shit out. So like, it's not their fault that they couldn't time travel into the future to see how other games have iterated on this and how to make this kind of difficulty more fun and more fair. But it's also not my fault for not enjoying the old style. uh, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's a hard thing to come at from somebody and a lot of the other guys in the discord who like, it is second nature. It is like muscle memory to be like, well, yeah, you just, you, you gotta know that you gotta do that. You gotta know it. It's like, but you gotta kind of separate yourself from that mentality and be like like someone who is like you said, you know, in their thirties and grabs this game to pick it up for the first time could very well come out with a sour taste in their mouth. Like, well, how the hell am I supposed to know all this crap? Like, and I've played platformers and hell, maybe they've even played like, later Mega Man games that maybe fix some stuff like like well I should go back and play the first one. Well they really botched that first one. Good thing they got another <laughs> chance. It's hard to do, but I, I can I can um I guess what's the difference between sympathy and empathy? I think I, I can sympathize. I can't empathize. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, it's it's kind of similar to me someone who plays Dark Souls for the first time and I have, you know, over 10 years of experience playing Dark Souls, like, I get it. I I can I can understand that, like, oh, yeah, this is weird for a first-time player. This is hard. Uh, the other thing that I thought was average at best or cheap at times uh, were the bosses, the boss fights themselves. I thought they were mostly okay. Like, I, I didn't really have fun with most of the boss fights. And the only times that I felt like the boss fights were interesting was uh, if I had found the weapon that they're weak to. There were a lot of boss fights that I went in without that weapon that they're weak to. And they just, they kill you so fast. Like I said, before you get that armor upgrade, I got killed in three hits against uh, the first boss. And other bosses after that, too. Um, A lot of the attacks are too fast to dodge. And again, you can take three hits. You cannot heal. So you die very quickly. And then you have a life system with a game over system. So if you don't have the upgrade that helps you with that boss, I never really like went into a boss and had that good feeling of learning its attacks uh, without the upgrade that they're weak to the ones when I did have the upgrade they're weak to it was basically just like you said they have special animations when they get hit by their weak attack so a lot of them you can basically just like stun lock them to death with the upgrade that they're weak to um thinking of the one the one that you use the ice upgrade on uh, you can stun lock him to death uh the one with the I think the one that's weak to electricity you can stun lock him to death there are a couple that you can do that with at least. And so those were easy, but they weren't fun. The only boss that I felt like was actually pretty fun was the last boss in the game. It's a three-phase boss fight, which is it's a lot. I complained about that in Dark Souls games. But the boss itself, you do have to learn. Um, and I had a good time with that one. The other ones, I just felt like, you know, they just kill you too quickly or you have the upgrade that they're weak to and you stun lock them to death. Neither of those is very fun uh, for me. Yeah. The, um, 
the stun locking basically uh, I, I mean I think across pretty much all eight Mavericks anyway makes them pretty much a joke. The only one that I know is still kind of a little bit difficult is the launch octopus because you do kind of mm-hmm. tank him through and the weapon he he does a lot of projectiles so the weapon that you he's weak to kind of does destroy the projectiles a little bit but yeah he's definitely one that you feel like you got to tank through the other ones yeah i mean are pretty much like once you have their weakness there's there's nothing they can do yeah like the, yeah. the pattern you got to maybe memorize a little bit of pattern but like i said i think me playing as i did and have to figure all that stuff out so i was initially like having to learn the pattern and then once i found the weakness i had kind of already kind of already gotten some of the pattern down so i just mm-hmm. knew exactly where i needed to be standing you know whenever that stun lock animation released and you say right, well as long as i'm around here just i know exactly when to hit it and basically keep them like I said keep them in that stun lock and for the most part with the weaknesses there's i mean there's there's no real difficulty there. Yeah. Doing it with the X Buster, I think, would definitely be like you'd have to nail down every pattern. The best experience I had with the bosses was one of, like I said at the beginning, one of thinking, like, this is fine. It's not super frustrating. It's not super, you know, it's not cheap. It's, it's fine. I remember a, a boss fight in another game that is like this, but it's a lot more fun. And that's just kind of the feeling I had with the boss fights uh, in this. Um, again, until the last one, which I actually quite enjoyed that fight. But that one, by that point, you're very powered up. You have, I had, you know, all these extra energy tanks and stuff like that. If I was trying to do that on one health bar, that would have sucked uh, royally. Also, just like uh, maybe a couple things made it harder for me too, because like I didn't know you could heal with those extra energy tanks. Um, I thought that those were like reserve tanks for when you died, they would fill you back up or something, because the game doesn't tell you. And this is something that's in the game manual, I think. But again, 2022, I don't have the manual. And I guess I don't play enough retro games to intuitively know like oh i'm starting an old ass game let me get the manual uh like let me download the pdf of the manual so i know what the hell's going on here yeah there were a couple of things like that where i was just like oh man i i didn't know that would have been helpful to know that i can heal you know i picked up a couple of these energy tank upgrades yeah would have been nice to know but i didn't so yeah yeah, just kind of frustrating not super fun like I, i never really hit a point where I was like, this is fun. This is a blast. It was more just like, this is fine. This is not bullshit. Uh, until the last, again, the last boss and the last, like, I guess saying there's a boss rush isn't a big spoiler because all Mega Man games do that from what I hear. That yeah. was pretty fun, actually, uh, because I knew everything at that point, or at least I, I knew most of the stuff. But going through the first Maverick stages, the bosses were either too hard because I didn't have the upgrade or they were super, super easy because I did have the upgrade. And like I said before, 
getting the upgrades and having them for the right boss felt very random to me. And that wasn't very satisfying. Yeah. You, you kind of talk about like what, I guess as a kid, what would I have found fun about this game? And I don't know if it was maybe just kind of a, a pure challenge kind of thing, like getting that kind of dopamine hit when you did finally, you know, figure it out and beat the boss. And I mean, obviously like, Hey, Mega Man X has one thing. It's a lot of style and aesthetically it's super cool. So it's like, it feels yeah. cool playing the game, seeing the kind of stuff you're seeing and like the visuals look good specifically like for that older super Nintendo style game. But like I said, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know if it's like a, like a challenge like that kept driving me on. I don't know if it, like I said, so like you kind of have, uh, there's, there's something you do in these a lot. You kind of say, what, who would you recommend this to? And I, I like reading through the notes. I, I have no idea. I, I don't know who I could recommend <laughs> this to, honestly, unless you played well, it when you were a kid. Yeah. Like, and I don't want to, we'll get into that in a second, but like, I don't, I don't want to say that this game isn't for anybody. Cause there are people who, unlike me, there are people who are a lot more forgiving for a lot of the stuff that I've complained about because there are people who either it just doesn't bother or they're able to like make peace with the fact that a lot of this stuff is just the way that games were in the early nineties, which is just, again, just something I can't personally make peace with uh, because I am a person in 2022 uh, for better or for worse. So uh, last thing you did mention aesthetics though, and that's, something I love about this game. I love the way it looks. Uh, pixel art never goes out of style, as uh, as people like to say, and I totally agree with that. I think this game looks great. All the environments look cool. They're, well, most of them look cool. Some of them are just like, you know, cave. Yeah. How about a cave? You like caves, right? But, like, the airport level looks really cool. The underwater level looks really cool. Um, I enjoy that. I enjoy the enemy designs. Uh, I recognize a lot of them from my Mega Man Battle Network days. I always thought they looked cool. As I think Mega Man looks cool, I've always thought that. As the series goes on and I start seeing artwork where people just, you know, get a bunch of wings and shit like that, I start to be like, okay, that's that's a bit much for me personally. But this game, I think, looks great. Character designs, pixel art, all that stuff. uh, Very colorful. Looks great on the Switch OLED screen. Yeah, really good. And you can change the filters on the Switch version. So you can, actually, you should, because the Switch version is notorious for having input lag. But if you turn off the filters that they've put on and you play with the original pixels, it helps. And I definitely noticed that as I was playing. And so even playing with the original pixel look on the Switch screen uh, looked really, really good. Uh, There's a filter that kind of like, I guess blends the pixels, I guess, to yeah. make or like maybe sharpens them to make it look like a more sharp image. I didn't mind the original pixel look though. I still think it looks great. Yeah, there's like a I think they call it smoothing. And then the other one like simulates a uh CRT, which I always mm-hmm. think is stupid. Like personally, I don't <laughs> like why do I no, I'm good. Well, like I get a lot of people have nostalgia for the way older games look on a CRT and like the, you know, 
the visual design magic people did to make their games look really good on a CRT, but I am playing on a Switch, and I was turning off all the filters anyway to help with the input lag. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. It looks good-looking game, um, and I don't have a whole lot to say about the music, except it bops. It's really fucking good, very catchy. Um, a couple of the stages had music that like stuck in my head as I was walking around and doing stuff uh, throughout those days when I was playing. I think Storm Eagle's level has my favorite song uh, in the game. Really good. Again, chiptunes never go out of style either. There's a reason that so many games are coming up even these days have really catchy and really great chiptunes. It's just, it's never going to sound old. Maybe some of the like big orchestral music that some of the uh, the more recent AAA games use, that's going to not sound as interesting uh, later down the line. But these chiptunes, Mega Man X, love it. Oh, yeah. I think some of the most like earworm kind of music it plays in my head days after I've played it. Uh, Launch Octopus's mm-hmm. stage is like a one of my favorites, just because like there's like a real like kind of pounding like thudding bass line that like plays through the whole thing. And uh, Spark Mandrels is a good one too. I think of all those are the two that I definitely like. There's a couple of like kind of mildly uninspired, just like <laughs> comes to mind as a again. Boomer Kawangers like stage to me just kind of feels like a generic chip tuny kind of song. But like if you're only got one that's not hitting like a top tier chip tune, then your entire composition is probably pretty solid. Yeah, it's pretty good. And like I will take an average chip tune, you know, soundtrack song over an average, you know, big orchestra, you know. It just sounds more memorable to me, I think, um, and I, I enjoy it. So yeah, even if even if there's a couple stages where the the music is is whatever, um, it's still enjoyable. I just like listening to chip tunes. So yeah, for the longest time, I thought chip tunes were songs sung in the Alvin and the Chipmunks voice. So like, <laughs> whenever whenever I heard the term chip tune i was like that's weird why are so many people into this uh and then why do so then many i figured people out like what those it was. fucking chipmunks <laughs> yeah i thought the chipmunks went out of style decades ago but people are still like you know oh celeste has really great chip tune music and in my head i'm like that doesn't fit what that game's all about this is a really but, serious game why the fuck are the chipmunks in it yeah <laughs> Yeah, the chipmunks are going to help me come to terms with my identity. But yeah, good uh, good music in Mega Man X if you're listening to this episode, which you are. Uh, if you're hearing me say this, you've heard some of it, and I hope you agree. It's very good. Let's, uh, let's get into some final thoughts uh, about Mega Man X before spoilers and kind of let's try to figure out what kind of person we would recommend Mega Man X to. So guest always goes first. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, this is one that I've kind of, like I said, I mentioned earlier, been uh, struggling with. Um, like, I definitely, like, people who are retro gamers who maybe miss this one, like, they, they describe themselves as, like, a, as a retro gamer. I think this is definitely, like, a powerhouse in that, in that realm. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it does 
it does play well. And if you're like already kind of going in with the mentality of the, the retro flaws, you know, the lives, some of the cheaper decisions to like hold you up a little bit every once in a while. Um, and I mean, like I said, it's just, it, it feels like there's so many other games now that pull from this series. So I, mean, I don't, I, I it, maybe it's mandatory play, maybe not, but I think, yeah, the only people I could fully recommend it to is a, you know, quote unquote retro gamer who somehow missed this title, which I think would probably be hard to find. Yeah, I I can't imagine there are many people who are like, I fucking love retro games, and I never played Mega Man X. Seems a little odd to me, but if if that's you, then I do think that this is like one of the better action platformers from this era that I've ever played. I don't like most action platformers from this era, though. Uh, So... There might be better stuff or there might be stuff that I fucking hate that people are like, no, it's actually really good. And it's just like my personal tastes Uh, like, well, I don't need to go down the list of uh, retro games that I don't like. No one wants to hear that. So like I did not enjoy most of this, which I've talked about. And I I hope I explained myself well about uh, reasons why I felt very frustrated more than I was having fun uh, playing this. I think, Chris, you're right. If someone is like, I love retro games, I want to play the ones that I missed and they didn't play this, then yes, play this because I I do think of the era, it's one of the better ones I've played. People who want to take a little gaming history tour, like I've mentioned that before, if you want to take a tour through the history of video games, I think this is probably, you should play a Mega Man game, right? And people... People often say that this is one of the best, if not the best, Mega Man game. So why not play this one? Otherwise, yeah, I don't I don't know, man. Like, I just if I ever get the urge to play a game like this, an action platformer, there's so many other games I'll go to before I play Mega Man X2 or you know, even replay this game. There are just a lot of other games that I think do what Mega Man X started but they've been iterating on it for so long that they're just way more fun now, way more forgiving, which leads to it being more fun uh, for me personally. So yeah, I'm kind of with you. The retro gamer who missed it or the person who wants to take a gaming history tour, play Mega Man X. Everyone else, like, I mean, play it, whatever. Like, it's not that expensive. The Switch collection goes on sale often. You can emulate it give it a try. I mean, you know yourself if you're more willing to uh, forgive older game design philosophies or if you just don't have a problem with them, go for it. So, yeah. yeah. That's that's my piece. A little housekeeping before uh, we get into uh, the spoiler section for Mega Man X. Uh, Chris, is there anything you want to tell people? Plug? <laughs> no. Join the, uh, join the Tales of the Basque log uh discord the tube network yeah discord do that yeah i have a lot of fun in there we do have a discord server going it's been going for several months now at this point and i agree with chris it is a good time especially when uh when we've got a game that so many people have experience with and uh differing experiences as was the case with Mega Man x 
yeah, join the Discord. You'll find an invite link down in the show notes. We would love to have you. We have a cool group of people. I also have another podcast called A Top 3 Podcast, where each episode is me and uh, three permanent co-hosts and then sometimes a guest, such as Chris, um, talking about top three lists. Chris was on there before we talked about, uh, what did we talk about? Bands we slept on, right? Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, that was a good episode. Yeah, top three bands we slept on. So all kinds of topics, sometimes video games, sometimes not. A top three podcast is a good time. And uh, if you want to support Tales from the Backlog, the best things to do are to hit subscribe if you haven't already. Leave a rating and or review if your platform allows it. If you've enjoyed this episode, I would appreciate that. And yeah, Chris and I, were going to take a break. When we come back, it is spoiler time for Mega Man X. Chris and I are back and it's time for spoilers for Mega Man X. And like I mentioned in the non-spoiler section, there is like no story that I'm going to take away from this game really. So the spoiler section is going to be just kind of running through the levels in the order that I did them and talking about our experiences there, kind of lightning round style. The first level is Chill Penguin, who a uh, very cool name, cool boss. I like a penguin. You get the dash upgrade in Chill Penguin's level. Like we said, this is mandatory. If you are the first, if you're playing this game for the first time, it should be like on the front cover of the game. Do Chill Penguin's level first. Don't fuck around in the other levels. Um, get that dash. I kind of mentioned it before. Mega Man runs so sl- he runs like he's running through fucking molasses. So if you if you don't have that dash, you are just making such slow progress through the levels. Dashing around is a lot more fun. Yeah, I think dashing is pretty after you get it is pretty much the only way you get around. Like I don't think there's sections that I wasn't dashing. And yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a single guide that I've ever seen that doesn't have chill penguin at the top. I think there's a little bit of variation going forward, but yeah, like Chill Penguin is tutorial number two, essentially. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. He's, it's a pretty hard boss fight. Like, I don't have a lot to say about the stage itself. I thought the boss was really hard. It took me like an hour to beat him the first time without, because I didn't have the flamethrower that he's weak to. So yeah, I had a hard time with this. His attacks come out very quickly and if you're doing this as the first boss in the game, you can take, you get killed in three hits. So yeah, tough, tough for me. Yeah. A lot of his, um, cause a lot of his attacks kind of, uh, are him directly running into you. And that's generally how you suffer like the most damage from bosses is if them directly kind of hitting you, their projectiles sometimes do a little less damage. 
but he doesn't mm-hmm. really so much. He has a projectile, but it's if you play, and this is again someone who's played it a hundred times. I don't fully recall how I got to the strategy, but I know the strategy is basically cling to the wall, wait till he jumps up on this ring in the center, shoot him down off of it, jump down over him, go to the other side of the wall, and then kind of either wait for him to either, if he's going to dash at you, jump up on the wall. Basically, it's this fight is stay up on the wall. Yeah, that, that turned out to be the strategy is just kind of just wall jump over and over so that he can't do that bash attack on you. Mm -hmm. Um, And then later on when you have that, uh, when you have the flamethrower and you do the boss rush, he's pretty easy. You just flamethrower him and then jump over him when he, when he bashes you. Yeah. Yeah. He's got that cool uh, street fighter or yeah. Street fighter. uh, When um, dang, what's the character's name? Uh, the, uh, the Indian guy who's real stretchy, uh, Dalsim? No idea. <laughs> anyway, Dalsim shoots fire and when it hits a, a street fighter character, they get enveloped in the flame. And that's kind of what Joe mm-hmm. Penguin's, uh, shock looks, uh, his stun animation looks similar to a street fighter. Yeah. Like stun. Just, yep. uh, I don't know. Lame trivia. <laughs> Well, some of the stun animations are really cool, and there's one mm. in particular that I'll mention uh, in a little bit. Uh, when you beat Chill Penguin, you get the shotgun ice uh, weapon, which shoots out a big ball of ice. Um, the only notable thing about this is if that ice hits a wall, it will explode in a couple different directions. So mm. it's nice for, like, if you miss an enemy with it, sometimes it'll hit them on the ricochet or it'll hit a different enemy in the room uh, with the ricochet. So I appreciate that. Uh, other than that, I don't like, didn't like this weapon because it, the rate of fire is very slow. Yeah. Um, and I think the charge makes like a little skateboard for you to ride on, which I don't yeah. know of any use for it. I, I, I don't know. Except, it, it, <laughs> except it for just... Cool. Yeah, except for just being the fucking sickest android on the planet. <laughs> next up is uh, Storm Eagle. And I did this one next uh, because I was told that getting the dash makes this fight better. Uh, maybe I should have waited until I got the weapon he's weak to, but it's a lot more of a platforming level than uh, Chill Penguin's levels. It's one of those ones with enemies on platforms. And then if you leave the screen, they're back. You have to kill these enemies to be able to use their platforms. So that's where some of that respawning enemy stuff gets annoying, I think. I enjoyed this boss fight. I beat it on maybe the second try. This is one of the boss fights where I was like, I instantly am like, I have fought a hundred bosses with these exact patterns uh, before. So I get it. I get this boss fight. It wasn't that hard. And uh, again, fucking great song in this level. It's my favorite in the game. It's a good level. And um, if we're talking kind of vertical platforming, I think this one does it the best. When I usually do my runs, Storm Eagle, I think, is actually at the end. Uh Uh-huh. Because of his weakness. But uh, you also definitely need the dash to make it through his level. Or make it through his fight. 
because he's right. got these uh, big old wind gusts that he just kind of at one point in the stage he's just boss fight he's gonna continuously try to blow you off the edge of the level so you have to yep. dash into him and then shoot mm-hmm. him to uh basically knock him out of that animation yeah i just just thought this was all right like a pretty good boss fight uh, as far as bosses in this game goes um pretty easy and uh, he gives you the tornado weapon uh i forget what it's called exactly storm tornado maybe i'm guessing um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that I, I kind of, I for being a big fan of the game, I kind of suck at some of the names. Yeah, it's all right. They're kind of Teflon for me. Like I just played this like last week, and I still, I already forgot what a lot of them are called. Um, but the tornado weapon was my MVP throughout the game. Um, I used it in almost every level oftentimes in place of the regular blaster just because it's very reliable kills things very quickly um will if you're in trouble with a bunch of stuff in front of you just throw that out and it will take care of everything Uh, so good weapon um i have no idea what the charge for the tornado does because i didn't mess around with the charges because i didn't get it until the very end of the game and at that point there was one charge attack that was so clearly the one i had to focus on that I didn't really mess with most of them. Uh, yeah, if I remember right, he just makes a big tornado kind of around himself and like does a little bit of like room clearing. Okay, a bigger tornado. Yeah, and a, a vertical tornado instead of a horizontal one. Ooh, that's how you know things are serious. That tornado's vertical now. Next up is Spark Mandrel, and uh, I uh, I hate this level. This was one of the ones where while you're jumping or wall climbing, an enemy will just rocket in from off screen and knock you off. Uh, I think that's bullshit. I did not enjoy this. Uh, what I did enjoy, though, is since I had the ice uh, upgrade, Spark Mandrel's weak to ice, and he has a very funny animation. When he unfreezes, he raises his arms like Boris in Goldeneye, like the I'm invincible, and then you just shoot him again, freeze him again, repeat that animation. Uh, very easy fight. I never truly learned the fight because he is so weak to ice. Yeah. If you're not using that uh, weapon, it's a little bit of a challenge because he kind of climbs around on the top of the stage and tries to land on you. And then he uh, shoots the uh, the spark man or the spark weapon that kind of climbs along the walls. So if you're like trying to get up to the top of the stage to shoot him, he'll shoot his weapon and then the sparks like follow the the walls and knock you off of them. But yeah, once you get that shotgun ice, it's, it's, it's almost hilarious how, just (laughs) how easy it is and how stupid he looks every time he freezes. Yeah. I, I enjoyed that. I mean, I don't know how good it is that I went through at least three of these bosses and never really saw any of their attacks because I just happened to have the upgrade that they're weak to. But it is funny, his animation and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah overall, not bad. Uh, next up is Flame Mammoth. I wrote down, easy level, comma, no notes. And I do not remember a single thing about this level. And he's weak to the tornado. And I didn't know that going in, but I had the tornado. And the tornado was always my go-to for difficult enemies. So I used the tornado. He dies in five seconds. I don't know really much about this level or him. 
Um, you'd probably, the levels definitely made a cakewalk because you beat, uh, Chill Penguin. And the, uh, there's no actual, like, flames or, like, magma. Like, oh, okay. I don't know if you noticed it, how it was, like, all frozen over. Normally all that stuff is, like, hot magma lava. Interesting. And so, like, the, some of those platformings where, like, it's, like, a conveyor belt, you know, so you gotta, like, you're kind of dodging stuff on the conveyor belt. You can't just jump, oh, yeah. go underneath, go underneath them, because it's frozen ice. <laughs> oh, dude, I was wondering, like, when I was playing that, I did have the thought, and I remember thinking this, of, like, this is incredibly easy. Why, what's the point of the conveyor belts, unless they just want to, like, show me all these robots being manufactured but that doesn't seem like what this game's all about like what's the point of this Uh, okay i get it now i get it (laughs) yep same thing with uh same thing with spark mandrel's level too right where i beat storm eagle beforehand and so spark mandrel's level was easier yeah there's uh there's well it's easier and kind of harder because the section you said you dislike the most um goes like it because it's like dark and like every once in a while like the lights kind of come up and then it goes back to dark that doesn't mm-hmm. happen when the power's on because oh, the power right. the power goes off because supposedly storm eagle's ship crashes into spark mandrels whatever factory oh and uh uh yeah so but some of the enemies don't get um like the mid boss in spark mandrel has a electric attack that's kind of a pain in the ass, but he doesn't have it if you uh, have turned the power off. So That makes sense. I wish that there was some kind of indication that beating one level had affected another level. Like, Definitely a cool idea, for sure. Yeah, it is, it is cool. I think that's cool. I just, like, I had no idea that this yeah. was happening. Yeah. Um, and it was because I didn't, Maybe because I didn't play the game in the way that it was designed to be played, where you play each level like seven times trying to figure mm. out like what one you're supposed to do next. And then you beat uh, you'd beat Storm Eagle and then you go back to Spark Mandrel stage and you're like, whoa, this is different. Yeah, definitely. There's there's some yeah. you got to the, the trial and error that exists just as the, because of the nonlinearity of it that that you get that kind of cool effect like hey i beat and you you maybe did flame mammoth and then you're like you beat chill penguin and you're like holy shit now it's a cakewalk because um right that level's fairly difficult while there's fire everywhere it that is interesting it's the non-linearity of this game is gonna like perplex me every time i think about it of like whether whether the good outweighs the bad or like, yeah. And for me uh, personally, you know, you may have, and we may have done you a little bit of a disservice by like kind of giving you the guide. But I mean, I imagine at some point you would have looked up a guide yourself anyway. I would have either looked up a guide or just quit playing altogether. So yeah, like the, the idea of going through all the levels bouncing off because the boss is too hard just kind of like going aimlessly it almost feels like that's not something that i like i don't i don't value that so you guys maybe took away a couple of cool discoveries that i would have had but i probably would have quit playing the game without you guys helping me so i i think overall 
the help was appreciated. And it's it's just cool to, you know, appreciate these, uh, you know, stage changes from afar. It, that's yeah. fine with me. So next level is, uh, oh, uh, when you beat Flame Mammoth, you get a flamethrower uh, weapon, uh, which I think is basically trash uh, as you're going through the game. Uh, the ammo depletes super quickly, super quickly, and uh, it doesn't have a very good range. Uh, it's very good on the last level when you have to fight Chill Penguin again, um, and it's good for secret hunting. But mm-hmm. as I'm going through levels, killing stuff in front of me, the flamethrower was almost never used because uh, I don't want stuff getting close to me. So yeah, I think it does big damage output on some of the bigger bosses or bigger enemies. Mm-hmm. That, like, like those the, those uh those tanks and stuff. Yeah, and like the big turtle and I think in the armadillo stage, the the moles with the big like spikes on the front of them. Oh right. A lot of the times hide the secrets. Um you yeah. gotta you can hit them with that flame and it takes them out real quick. Yeah. Uh speaking of, that's the next level on my list, the armored armadillo. Uh I hate this level because uh, as I said in the non spoiler part, there are a bunch of times where it teaches you about something by just killing you. And if this game didn't have game overs that reset all your checkpoints and stuff like that, fine. But it does have game overs. Um, it does take away your reserve energy stuff, etc. when you get a game over. So I don't like this. But yeah, I talked about my issues with it in the non-spoiler part. There's those minecart sections where you have to jump off at the right time. Some of them were easy. Uh, you could see it, you know, you, you kind of bounce around a few times before the minecart falls into a pit. That's not so bad. The one at the end of the level, though, you go on a, a giant ramp. Uh, you get some sweet air. You kill some pit- pterodactyls in the air. Fun. <laughs> and then it hits a wall and you fall down and die. And you were supposed to jump off three seconds ago, and now you're boned. And I don't like that. Um, <laughs> uh, those also, those uh, you know, those driller guys you just talked about, they're the only enemy in the game that kills you in one hit. And yeah. the way that you learn that is by getting killed in one hit. So Yeah, pretty much don't be in front of them. Yep. Um, but I do like how they kind of hide secrets behind... Because you, you see them clearing the rock in front of you, and my inclination was to just let them do it. Help me out. But then you realize that by letting them do that, uh, you can't reach uh, some secrets anymore. So that was kind of a cool thing to learn and be like, okay, I got to kill this thing before it gets to where these these secrets are, and then I can get the secrets. Yeah. And uh, Armored Armadillo, the boss fight, is uh, when you hit him with his weakness, he like loses his armor, and yeah. that kind of makes those those bounces. He's actually vulnerable during the bounces. So... When he when he has his armor, I think he's fully invulnerable. Without, uh, like, you have to hit him in his like face. Basically, if he's bouncing around, he's fully invulnerable. And there's a few yeah. enemies that their weakness kind of changes. The boss fight we were just talking about, Flame Mammoth. If you hit Flame Mammoth with the boomerang weapon, his trunk gets cut off, and then he can't shoot out these oil splotches, which he would fill the level with and then set on fire. So there's like, there's some kind of cool stuff. They, they messed around with like outside, like flame mammoth is kind of a weird one because that's not his weakness, but 
right. if you hit him with the boomerang, it does something to him. Armored armadillo. There's another one like that, right? Yeah. Like launch octopus uh, or the chameleon uh, or something like that, where if you shoot hit him with the boomerang, they they go into like one attack constantly, or it makes it so they yeah. can't hang on the ceiling or something like that. Something along those lines. I can't remember exactly which one it is. But yes, something um, something like that. Yeah. Uh, I found the armadillo's weakness um, maybe just by luck or maybe give my myself a pat on the back and say by intuition that I found his weakness that way. But I, I did see, you know, the stuff bounce off and I can see how this would have been super frustrating if I didn't find that. Mm-hmm. Again, Mega Man can only shoot in a straight line. So anytime you have to do any like precision shooting, like you have to hit something only in the head, which happens a few times, it's mm-hmm. pretty tough, uh, I think. But that didn't happen. He gives you the rolling shield, which is you kind of just shoot out a shield that bounces on the ground in front of you and will bounce off walls and a couple times, which is helpful. And uh, this is like mandatory for the next boss, which is Launch Octopus. And I don't know, Launch Octopus, it's an underwater level and uh, I think it's fine. I like how you can jump really high. I enjoy that Um, in underwater levels, you know, altered gravity and whatever. Um, The only thing I have to say about this level is there's, there's a repeating mini boss that has like a vacuum. Uh, that will pull you toward oh, yeah. it. And the first time you fight it, it's just on regular ground. It's super easy. It shoots out these kind of eel-looking things. Whatever. It's easy. The second time, though, you're surrounded by... You're on a platform surrounded by death spikes, and it sh- pulls out that vacuum and just pulls you right into the death spikes, uh, which is cheap bullshit, and I'm glad the game stopped doing this for the most part. Uh, I hate that. I died too many times. And the times that I didn't die to it, I don't know why. Like, I never learned how to avoid that. It was always just kind of like dash frantically and hope that it works out. Because sometimes it didn't, sometimes it did. Jumping, I think, helps um, a little bit. Yeah. Also, that mini boss is filling up the entire right side of the screen. Yeah. So you can jump... And if you land while the tornado, while the uh, the vacuum is still going, you'll get pulled again. And yeah. if you try to jump over where he is, you'll you can't touch enemies in this game without getting hurt. Yeah. There's not enough room behind him to stand, unless you just you know use some kind of weapon to just do as much damage as possible. But yeah, launch octopus is my least favorite enemy in the game. Um, it feels the most cheap it feels like the one where if you don't have the upgrade you are fucked uh because like you said he uses these projectiles but the key thing is again mega man can only shoot straight and the projectiles are slightly above and slightly below where mega man can shoot if you're standing so yeah they run in kind of an arc yeah and uh some of them are homing you get uh, the homing torpedo from beating him. So jumping over the projectiles is not really a great option either because they'll just turn and follow you, at least the uh, the torpedo ones. So what you have to do with this is use that rolling shield and just kind of just spam it 
while he's shooting projectiles to take them out and then continue fighting. Don't like this at all. It's definitely one of the tankier kind of bosses. You have to tank. You kind of just have to, like, spam that weapon. And the weapon destroys some of the projectiles. But, like I said, yeah, it's you are kind of just like, you're not, I'm sure, you know, more skilled players will tell me I'm dumb. But you pretty much just get hit and you got to out DPS him and tank. Yeah, it was definitely one of those ones where, like, I would run out of ammo and die. Like I would run out of the shield ammo and die and then be like, well, I guess I'm fucked. Like I definitely can't beat this thing without the rolling shield or the tornado uh, like that. And there were several times where I was just like, I guess I'll just get a game over or like leave the level entirely because I can't beat this without these weapons. And again, if they just refilled your special ammo when you died, wouldn't be a big deal but they don't. So yeah, not great. We got two levels left. Uh, next one is a very, the funniest name of any of them, uh, Boomer Kawanger, uh, which I learned that's a real insect. There's an insect called a Kawanger that looks like Boomer Kawanger. And uh, this is one of those climbing levels. I, uh, I complained about those in the non-spoiler section, so I won't uh, repeat that, but this is a climbing level with all the things that I don't like about those. Uh, he's weak to the homing torpedo. Um, as soon as I got the homing torpedo, I was like, this is great, and I only had two levels left. Um, so, yeah, this was easy. He is basically stunlocked to death uh, with the homing torpedo. So like, this is another one of those bosses I never really saw his real moveset, because he died in less than 10 seconds. Yeah, he basically, um, one of his big ones is he uh, grabs you with the horns on his head and chucks you up into the ceiling. That's right. I did see that one a couple times because (laughs) even if you do hit him with something, um, he gets a few, all the enemies get a few iframes too after you hit them with their weakness. So he'll run up and grab you. Yeah. Yeah, this level also introduces... I think my second most hated enemy, and that's the uh, kind of green uh, humanoid robot with the shield and the ball and chain. Because oh, fuck those things. Yeah. yeah, because the way they utilize it, he's like, they're always in those vertical sections, and they're pretty much, yeah, I mean, they're even some of the special weapons can't quite get to them. Like, the best way is to basically iframe through them if you can and then Mm -hmm. shoot them in the back until they're done very cheap enemy in my opinion like you would think what you have to do is uh, get in their line of sight and bait out that chain attack right but this is happening while you're going up a vertical thing so you can't just like easily do that and that chain comes out so fast that if they're firing it at you they're probably going to hit you with it And if they do hit you with it, you're going to fall down. And we've talked about that. They're also like not often the only enemy there. So like there'll be like a platform with the shield dude on the left side and you're wall jumping on the right side, but there's an enemy on the wall above you on the right side. And it's just a combination I think is pretty, uh, not fun. Yeah. Not fun. Um, Uh, Boomer Kawanger, as you might guess, gives you the uh, boomerang weapon. 
Uh, and the boomerang weapon is uh, incredible for uh, upgrade hunting uh, because it will grab stuff and bring it to you. Uh, so all of those uh, little heart pieces that you saw, all those, um, well, all those like little energy tanks and stuff like that that you saw but couldn't reach, all you have to do is shoot the boomerang and it'll bring it back to you. So this was um, time to revisit all the other levels and get all of those heart pieces to get uh, max HP up. Yeah. The order you ran in, pretty much, yeah. Like, you would have everything you need for catching most of the upgrades at that point. Boomer Krang yeah. would have been the last, like, upgrade that affects uh, exploration. Yeah. All right, and the last level is uh, Sting Chameleon, who... Uh, this is the worst mini boss in the game, I think, guarding the armor upgrade, which I really could have used this armor upgrade uh, throughout the entire game because it doubles your health, uh, basically, or yeah. it halves the damage that you take. Mm-hmm. So, like, all those times I complained about, like, enemies killing you in three hits, this would have been super helpful, but it was just in the level I chose to do last. Hold on a second. Rookie, shut the fuck up. Quiet. Yeah, this uh, mini boss is super hard. Um, guarding the upgrade that I could have used throughout the whole game uh, would have made me die in six hits instead of three. And um, yeah, but this mini boss sucks. It's one of those ones, like I, I mentioned a few minutes ago, where or you mentioned also where like, you can only hurt it if you shoot it in the head or something, or you can only hurt it during like a few frames of, of like one specific animation. And it just, it turned into like an endurance test, like a, you know, five plus minute boss fight, which in Mega Man is, is too much. Definitely. Um, it's like, cause even after you figure out exactly what you gotta do, it's another one of those kind of like, uh, you bait a certain attack, and then you jump up the wall, jump over mm-hmm. him. He turns around. You get your opportunity to attack, and then you basically wait on the other side of the stage and bait an attack, jump over him, get yeah. your opportunity to shoot him. But because you have, I don't know, he's just got such a large health pool, you got to do it like 30 times or something. It's It's yeah. like you're not gaining anything. Like I learned the strategy. I learned what you want me to do. Make me do it six times. (laughs) Yeah. Not 25. It's exactly excessive. Mm -hmm. And he's not weak to anything. As far as I can tell, it's just Uh, fucking takes forever. Yeah. The boss of the web, the uh, level sting chameleon easy because this is the last level. I had all the weapons and he's super weak to boomerang. Um, Mm -hmm. So easy. Uh, no trouble with him at all. You get the chameleon sting, uh, which is kind of like a multi-blaster attack. Uh, it's really useful just as a regular weapon, but this was the last level, the last like of the main eight levels that I did, so I didn't get a ton of use out of this. Um, but it's charged form, which uh, if you get that upgrade uh, with that really shitty jumping section, mm-hmm. you can charge up all these weapons. And uh, its charge form is the one that makes you invincible Yep. for like, you know, 10 seconds or so. Rookie is like going nuts in the background right now. He's like 
beating the shit out of one of his toys back there. Um, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> So like this is a good transition into uh, Sigma's levels because we're done with all the the Mavericks and now we have three Sigma levels. Um, each level has some platforming and uh, two to three bosses uh, in each one, maybe three bosses in each one. Uh, so it's kind of like a final platforming test, final regular enemy combat test, and then boss rush uh, to get yeah. to the final boss. And level one is like I have complained about some things throughout this uh this episode. <laughs> level 1 of Sigma is absolute horse fucking shit. This is like one of the worst levels I've pl- in any game I've played in a long time. Now I'm very choosy about the games I play, especially retro games, but Sigma level 1 is bullshit. It has at the beginning it has a green platform section which is over a giant bottomless pit with enemies flying in to hit you. I got game over to here like three or four times, which means I died many, many times here uh, just on this section. Bullshit. Inside, there is a wall jumping section that is, I don't know how you do this without the invincibility uh, from Sting Chameleon. Like I legit, unless you're a pro speedrunner type, speedrunners probably use this too. I don't know. But it is horse shit. I hate this level so much. Uh, the only thing that kind of saves this is that I think level two and si- two and three for Sigma are pretty good, like pretty fun. But level one is so bad, I think. Like, I'm very confident in saying that this is actual horseshit. This is a bad level. And uh, I could only get through it using the invincibility upgrade plus iframes. This is one of those ones, man, where it's like, maybe you're making some progress, but the second you get hit and you fall down, everything you killed is going to respawn above you because you left their part of the screen. And yeah. so it's just, it, it's like, it feels like this Sisyphean thing. Like you're <laughs> never going to get to the top unless you use that invincibility upgrade, uh, which I get you're experimenting maybe with those charge upgrades, but why does the chameleon sting make you invincible? It just, Seems kind of random. Again, this game feels like it's all about experimenting with all of these random things that are happening. And for a little kid who this is the only game you have, maybe, and you have an entire summer to play it, and you have your your cousin or whatever to bounce ideas off of, Mm -hmm. cool. You're gonna. This is how you're gonna spend your time, and you're gonna get those cool feelings when you um, when you do figure it out. For me this is not fun to figure this stuff out because it's not intuitive. So anyway, uh, not to belabor that you're starting the boss rush in Sigma one. Mm-hmm. I think I sent a message in this, in the discord when I got there where I was like, is this a fucking boss rush? Like what, how many more hits can this game give me? Uh, but <laughs> the boss rush is actually easy and kind of a cathartic, like revenge tour. Cause you have all the upgrades, uh, Chill Penguin, who was my nemesis when I first started the game, I fucked Chill Penguin up during the uh, during the boss rush part. So I kind of enjoyed that. 
Um, and it continues through the next couple levels. Literally set that motherfucker on fire. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Good times. <laughs> yeah, the the boss rush stuff is, again, it always feels like in any game, it's padding. And this kind of runs a little, like, I think even in the other, some of the other, like, Mega Man X games, it's literally, this one doesn't have that. It's literally just a room where you, like, get teleported to all the different. This one is, like, at least, like, you play some of the level, you play a boss, and then you play some level, and then you play a boss. Mm-hmm. So it, yeah. it doesn't feel exactly like this is just a boss rush. Right. But it is a boss rush, so. Yeah. I did have a couple moments of panic when, like, Boomer Kwanger showed up, and I was like, oh, I forgot what he's weak to. Let me yeah. frantically try and, like, figure out uh, what he's weak to and stuff like that. Another good thing about this is once you do beat Sigma level one, you never have to do it again. Even if you get a game over, I believe you can still start at Sigma level two. I yeah, think I believe the, there's a password for like Sigma yeah. level one beat. There is. Yeah. So oh. that's good uh, because if I had to do Sigma level one over and over again, it would have just kept dropping letter grades off of how I feel about this <laughs> game, <laughs> but you don't. Um, so Sigma two and three are pretty fun. Uh, actually like the platforming, the level or the enemy arrangements and stuff feels like a good last level. I think, yeah. um, the boss rush again, you're kind of going through the hits. You get to see, the enemy or you get to see the bosses one more time, use their weaknesses uh, against them one more time. Um, especially those early game bosses where you maybe didn't have their weakness yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was fun. And then you get to Sigma, uh, himself, uh, the last boss, which has that built in grinding spot right before with those infinitely spawning like caterpillars. Yeah. That you kill. But again, they make that, more tedious than it should be because you have to wall jump the whole time because those enemies, when you're on the ground, the spawn point is off screen. So they're not spawning. They only spawn when they're on screen. So you have to wall jump for, so what I did was I used the boomerang and just wall jumped for like 10 straight minutes, shooting the boomerang, collecting the upgrades to fill up all my extra energy tanks, fill up all my uh, ammo they drop extra lives too, so I never drop below nine lives um, on this, which is good. I don't want to go through a bunch of stuff to get to the boss fight again, but again, I don't want to grind in Mega Man. Like this doesn't seem like a game where you should be grinding, right? Yeah. Well, uh, I'm. I'm. What I'm about to tell you might upset you, but the okay. The, Let's do the it. real. <laughs> the, the real technique is to use armored armadillos. Uh, charge because it puts a shield around your entire body and then you basically just wall jump in front of oh, the spawn just point. On the spawn point. Yeah. So it's a little uh, less pain in the assy. I can see that. So it would have taken me it would have taken me five minutes to grind up all my energy tanks instead of ten minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Um so Sigma, the last boss, uh has three phases. The first phase he sends his dog at you. Uh yeah. I kind of just brute force through the dog like i forget what it's weak to maybe electric i don't remember but i think it's ice ice okay i was looking at a guide at this point because i was like i don't want to fight this final boss 50 times i want this game to be over 
so yeah, Ice, uh, he has this, he starts out the fight where he, you can shoot him and then he jumps above you and hits the wall and then jumps above you again. You can just like stand still and shoot. And uh, after that, just a few more hits, that part's over. What, I, I forget what phase two, is phase two the lightsaber phase? Or yeah, is that phase, phase two is, is lightsaber sigma. Okay. So that one, he pulls out a lightsaber and he will, as you might expect, he'll fuck you up if he can actually hit you with it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. What's, do you know what your, do you remember what your strategy is for this? Uh, bounce to the top of the screen and let him wall dash kind of thing. His little Z dash. He right. like bounces off the wall until he gets almost to the top and then starts sliding down and you hit him with the, uh, the spark mandrel, which is his weakness. Spark mandrel? Right. Yeah. I think so. That's exactly yeah. um it's exactly what I did. Yeah, when he's when he I think when he's on his fourth bounce and he's yeah. like leaving your wall to go to the other wall, but he's approaching your like height, then you can yeah. just drop off and hit him. And then um the good thing about the spark is you can shoot it and it hits the wall and then it travels along the wall. So when he's about to get back on the ground, you can hit him with a cheap one that way too. Yep. Pretty easy. Uh, I mean, it took me a while to get that timing down, but overall, like I did enjoy it. It felt pretty learnable, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, phase three, I don't remember what phase three was. Um, <laughs> uh, gi- giant room Sigma. I think he's oh, right. like, yeah, where you jump on his hands. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, little tiny heads inside of a big old wolf body. So kind of like his dog and him as one giant robot. Right. So and yeah, you're on his uh, hands basically. Yeah. He, he drops his hands down to try and hit you. And then you jump on top of his hands and he brings you up to the level of his head. Uh, Cause again, Mega Man can only shoot in a straight line and then you can shoot his head. Yeah. This is, this is one of those ones where I was like, this is pretty fun. I enjoy this, but A, I don't I don't want to do the first two phases every time I die on the third phase. And uh this is what the final boss of the messenger is like, and it's way better in the messenger. So that was all I could think about during this was like, this is fine. This is an enjoyable boss fight. In the messenger, it's really good. And yeah. that was all I could think about. It's not Mega Man X's fault, but that's part of my experience playing the game. See, and um, I haven't played the Messenger. It's definitely one that I, uh, everyone has, everyone I've ever spoke to said it's 100% worth your time. So it is. It's a good game. Yeah. But yeah, there's, there's kind of a, this is a little bit of a, a long kind of thing, but we'll finish it out. There is a secret yeah. secret that you can get in the game. Um, you can only okay. get it after you've collected all the upgrades and you're an armored armadillo stage. The jump that you hate, um, if you actually jump slightly earlier, you can land on the wall and then there's a platform like kind of or like a an outcropping that you get up onto there. Um, usually there's just a like a health tank up there. But if you do yeah. it three or four times, I think is what it is. You, so you basically you get up there, get the energy tank, jump off and die. And then you get spawned back to that uh, uh, 
like midway point, and then you do that jump again, and you get a capsule, mm-hmm. and Dr. Light is dressed up like Ryu from Street Fighter. Ryu, Ryu. <laughs> and he gives you the Hadouken. And you basically oh, right. you do the Hadouken the same way you do in Street Fighter, like a quarter circle uh, punch. And that will kill the dog in one hit. And I think it kills Sigma Stage 1 in one hit. Like Lightsaber Sigma. I think. Interesting. But you okay. you have to have full health to uh, pull the Hadouken off. Oh, I see. That's okay, cool. Uh, I did hear about that. Like I went into another, um, like a Slack server to talk about the game after I beat it. And that was the first thing someone asked, uh, was like, did you get the Hadouken? And I was like, what? No, What? (laughs) Uh, but okay. Interesting. Uh, I did, I did get the energy tank that's in that spot, Mm -hmm. um, the first time, Uh, but I didn't ever think to go back there because why would I? But that's definitely one I didn't know as a kid. I think that's one that I learned from the internet uh, after, you know, I think I went into a guide like, wait, what was the level order again? And then I saw this secret upgrade and I was like, well, I got to figure that out. So, yeah, that's a kind of interesting. I'm not. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't want to get too deep into the placement of a super, super optional upgrade. That's kind of cool. And uh, obviously not necessary to beat the game yeah. um, at all. The last boss um, took me a while to learn how to dodge some of, he shoots these like energy balls and it took me a long time to figure out how to dodge those. But by the end I was dodging it consistently and it, it felt like one of those good, like skin of your teeth victories yeah. um, against the the last boss. So I actually do really like it. Um, but the whole time I was just thinking like, man, the messenger just did this better. Yeah. The messenger just feels better to play. Yeah. So I was like, and it feels kind of thinking about that. Kind of like a, like a, uh, there's a lot of those platforms. Bla- Blasphemous did it with like, just like the whole, the whole room and you're interacting with the boss. And like, mm-hmm. uh, I think, uh, in, in Sigma, the rolling shield is the weakness. You can hit him with, if you can hit his head with the rolling shield, uh, right. It it does the most damage, but uh, even with that, it's the first time that the weakness. Because even with the dog hitting him with the shotgun, the weakness I think cripples him pretty hard. <laughs> and Sigma with the lightsaber, once that one you do have to figure out the technique, and that's the same with the third Sigma. Even with his weakness, it doesn't feel like you're cheesing through the boss. Like you still have to pick up some strategy. You got to know where to be and you got to know when to dodge and your placement actually kind of matters more than it does in any of the Mavericks. So it, it, right. it does feel like an accomplishment and it kind of sucks that it took until the end of the game to really feel like even if I have the weakness, I still had to strategically take the boss down. It wasn't just like a stun right. lock kind of thing. Yeah, and so that's why I kind of said, like, the last boss is definitely my favorite uh, in the game. Like, Storm Eagle is the closest to my favorite, like, from the the eight, the eight Maverick fights, uh, because it did feel, like, instantly familiar and learnable. And the other ones, again, when you have the weakness, like you said, you don't really have to learn it. You just 
shoot them with it until they're dead. And then the last one, the weakness helps you get it done faster, but you definitely have to learn and execute uh, those fights. Mm. Uh, So I, yeah, I enjoyed the last boss fight, which is a giant surprise uh, compared to how I feel about most of the other boss fights uh, in the game. So yeah, that is the end of Mega Man X. Probably the most negative I've been on a game on the show so far, like on the whole. But when I did kind of like itemize, you know, mechanics and stuff like that, there were more things that I liked than I expected. So like, I don't hate everything about this game. I just found this to be mostly frustrating and probably wouldn't have finished this without either consulting people in the Discord or using a guide. Not a big fan of this game overall but it does have some good things for sure. And I'm glad it was made because some games that I really do like uh, have very obviously taken things from uh, from this game, from the Mega Man series as a whole. Uh, I just, I don't think I'm going to replay this and I don't think I'm going to continue with more Mega Man games, at least not anytime soon. Yeah, I guess um, Mega Man X is about the only one that I'm, I really hold that like, heavy nostalgia for because uh, I don't think I ever owned any of the other ones that were on the Super Nintendo and I think any of the other ones that would have came out on like the PlayStation 1 were rentals for me. I never owned them. So X, uh, X1 if that's what you want to call it is is the, the, the nostalgia game for me is the one that I will always go back and play. Um, I played through the Mega Man X collection on the Switch. I think it has 1, 2, 3, and 4. And I played through 2, 3, and 4, basically how, more or less how you played through this one, kind of like with a guide. And and so there wasn't a lot of exploration. So I think maybe it didn't, those ones definitely don't, don't have a place in my, like, pantheon of nostalgia games because right i never played them in that you know over a summer exploring and you know just learning every stupid little detail of the levels it just <laughs> it was like okay well we'll just bash my way through this and do what the guide says and this is the weakness so I didn't probably get a lot of the, it'd probably be similar to your experience a little bit. Like I didn't get to see kind of like the boss patterns and I just kind of stun locked the enemies. And I think, um, Mega Man X four lets you play as zero. So I Mm -hmm. think I played through it as zero, but it's like, I feel like, if you were an avid fan going growing up with them, if you played X one, two, three, and then four, and they let you play zero, there was supposed to be that kind of like, holy shit, I get to be zero kind of thing. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I could, I don't know if I'd ever, I, I definitely don't think I could convince you to play any of the other ones, but I don't know if I really can convince myself to play the other ones. I, <laughs> I might play X yeah. on like a, a bi-yearly basis, but none of the other ones. It's interesting. I I think that like playing it with a guide and doing it in the optimal order is not the best way to experience the game because you're going to miss out on those good feelings when you find stuff, when you find the weakness for this boss by yourself, when you find secrets by yourself. If you're just following a guide the whole time, 
You're going to miss out on that stuff. But the way that the game feels like it's intended to be played, where you just kind of poke around in levels until you're able to beat one, get an upgrade, go to a new go to new levels until you find where that upgrade is useful. That's not fun for me. So this is a weird game to think about like what is my optimal experience with this. And the answer is probably just to not play more Mega Man games, I think. Yeah. Uh, at least not for a while. Maybe I have a better handle on how the controls work and how Mega Man feels to play and I have no doubt that if I were to start up Mega Man X2, I would not find the first hour of it as punishing as I found the first hour of this game. But again, I think the answer for me is that Mega Man is just not for me. I th- I think that's where I'm going to land here. And I think that's where, um, unless you have any other closing thoughts, that's where we're going to finish this up. Yeah, that's about it. I think... Um... <laughs> That's that sums it up. I think the art style changes for the worse as the games go on. So that's probably another good deterrent if you if you needed another one. Yeah, I, I don't think I needed another one, but the character designs in particular get very. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think anime is the best word to describe it, but I don't have other words. So the art style goes in a direction where I'm like, that is trying too hard to be cool. Mega Man is already cool, you know? Yeah. I think Mega Man's base design is very cool. And giving him wingsuits and stuff like that, or like, I think Mega Man is cooler looking than Zero. I appreciate Zero for helping out during the game, but I'm like, ooh, Zero is, this is a section of uh, character design that I'm not a big fan of. So anyway, yeah, Chris, dude, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, and talking about Mega Man X, uh, you knew in advance that I was going to complain a lot, so I appreciate you um, kind of talking with talking through it with me. Uh, I appreciate your help as I was playing the game. Uh, also, I am very pretty confident I would not have finished this game without you and uh, some of the others in the Discord helping out. So I appreciate you, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on. This is uh, like I said, it's a favorite of mine. So I was willing to. Uh listen to you uh bash it a little bit because it's not going to change my opinion <laughs> yeah that, that's that's a good uh good attitude to have man like if you can see the ways that other people struggle with a game you love i mean i i hope that even though i complained a lot um i hope that i explained myself in a way that helps people understand what i'm seeing when i'm complaining like and i'm not just saying like this game fucking sucks man. i don't think this is a <laughs> I don't think this is a bad game. It's not a something to throw in the trash. It's just got a lot of shit that I personally really don't like about games. And this is like exhibit A for why I don't play a lot of retro games because there's a lot of this stuff just fucking bugs me and it's symptom of the time. So again, like thanks for uh <laughs> thanks for hanging out, uh chatting about it and listening to me uh complain about one of your favorite games. Um and I appreciate you not blindly defending it, even though like I know that you do enjoy this game a lot more than I do. Yeah. yeah pleasure's pleasure was all mine. It's always good having uh a little bit of discourse when it comes to uh your favorite thing. Cause the nostalgia yeah. goggles can be pretty uh pretty blinding sometimes. They can. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I, I've done some other podcasts talking about uh, games that I adore 
and uh, other people don't like them. And it, it's always an interesting conversation uh, if you're willing to have that conversation. So one more time, uh, Chris, I appreciate you. Everybody listening, I appreciate you too. Uh, thank you so much. Go listen to that episode about Blasphemous that Chris and I did. It's a good episode. Yeah. And yeah, stay tuned next week for the next game that comes out of the backlog.